thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. Last week, we began talking about this idea of who is God, uh, looking at um, our relationships with each part of the Godhead and, and trying to comprehend in some way uh, the idea of the nature of God, of being uh, God being three but being one at the same time. And we use the illustration of a chair. Uh, we use the illustration, there's, there's several chairs up around us. I forgot to bring my little chair back up here. But uh, the idea that these chairs have individual parts, there's a back to these chairs, there's a seat to these chairs, and there are legs to these chairs, three individual parts, but all together they make up a whole chair. And, and maybe in some way that can give you the idea of, of God being one, but God having three individual parts. But really in, in particular, um, within our time together last week, this week, and then again next week, what I really want us to do is I want us to try to look at the relationship that we have with each aspect of God. I believe um, that there is an overall relationship that we have with God in His wholeness and in His fullness. But then because there are three distinct individual parts of God, our individual relationships with those individual parts is going to be different, and they're going to affect us in different ways. Last week we talked about the idea about how God has chosen us, that we are His favorites, um, that we have that special relationship with us, that he wants us to be part of his family. But then today we're going to talk about our relationship with Jesus. And I believe if I had to sum up our relationship with Jesus, God the Son, in one word, it would be redeemed. We have been redeemed through Jesus. That's the core of our relationship with him. So let's pick up and as you got your Bibles open, let's let's look at a few verses together uh, from this uh, this big long section of praise that he gives to the entire Godhead, and and talk about Jesus for just a few moments together. Starting in verse seven, it says, "In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery." of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth and under the earth. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of of his glory. All right, so let's talk about a few of these things together for just a few moments. This, this passage starts out in its wording in a very familiar place. It, it brings us through its wording in verse 7. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, which takes us to the scene of the cross. Takes us to the scene of the cross. I believe uh, as Christians, we've got to be careful sometimes. We've got to be careful sometimes because we have especially if you've been in church your whole life. You've heard me say this about other things, that at times I believe if we're not careful, the most powerful images, the most powerful verses within Scripture can become normal and routine. And I want us to just take a moment and remember that 
the things that Jesus did on the cross, that death that he had, the resurrection that followed was the most amazing gift that he could have ever given. He did so many things for so many people. He made the lame walk. He gave the blind their sight. He healed the sick. He walked on water and did all of these miracles. He taught amazing things, but none of those compare to his sacrifice, to him saying, I'm here to make this difference. I'm here to bring the perfect unblemished sacrifice to shed my blood so that you and I, even 2,000 years removed, can have a relationship with God, can have salvation, and can have the eternal hope of living with God forever. But through that moment, we, we gain redemption. We gain redemption. Now, there are a list of words that I kind of have in my head that I call church words. Okay, it's words that you hear at church that you really don't hear anywhere else. And you're, you're accustomed to them. They're, they're not really scary words, but they're words that you hear and you've heard them your whole life. But sometimes you're like, okay, I know that word and I know that's a church word, but I'm not completely sure 100% what it means. One of those words is, is sanctification. One of those words is justification. Redemption is another one of those words in my book that, that we use a lot. It's in our church vernacular but maybe we don't understand the true meaning of what it means to be redeemed or to have been uh, defined redemption in Christ. And so let me, let me try to explain it to you as well as I can. Uh, the, the idea here is, is it's taking back something that is yours. Okay, it is taking back something that is yours. So you, the, the idea here, I guess, could be that we all belong to Christ. Would you agree with that? We, we are in, there's this general idea that we are all Christ's and all God's because he created us all, okay? And then what happened is, is Satan enters into the picture and he messes the relationship all up. And he says, look, you know what? Hey, you can follow me. You can follow Christ. You can do whatever you want to do. It doesn't have to be all about God all the time. Make it about whatever you want it to make it about. And, and we get drugged down into the, if you will, the slavery of sin. We get drugged into being chained to our desires, being locked into the, to, 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 to ideas and thoughts that are not of God's way. And if we're not careful, we live our life in that direction. And the idea of redemption is God comes by or Jesus comes by and he says, hey, you belong to me and I'm going to free you of this and I'm going to take you back as my own. I'm going to release the chains of sin. And that's what he did on the cross, is he gave us a way to be released from our sins to where our sin doesn't enslave us anymore. It, it, it doesn't keep us helpless. You know, it's, it's, it's just this beautiful idea, if you will, of a stranger just showing up and paying off our debt and saying, that no longer has control of you. We have that through the cross. Our sins enslave us. Our sins trap us. Our sins make us helpless. We're without dignity, uh, without humanity. But the good news is, the gospel is, 
that Christ is our redemption. Christ came in and said all of these things that, that you could never do for yourself to save yourself. He says, I did those. I took care of that for you. Now, as beautiful of an image as that is, it also should cause a response, correct? It should also cause a response in us. And let's, let's back up for a second. Not, because I, I, think, I think there's this image that's in my mind that, that I want to share with you. As, I was, as I've been working on this this week, this, this came to my mind. I've got a friend. His name's Kenny Looney. Nobody except Blair knows Kenny Looney in this room. Um, but Kenny Looney used to... Uh, Kenny Looney used to work at the dump. Okay, he used to be a diesel mechanic for a uh, company that picked up garbage. And I remember I was with Kenny one day, and we were out there at his shop where all the garbage trucks came in. Have you ever smelt a good garbage truck? Anybody? Smelt of a good garbage truck? Okay. Um, it stunk. Okay, it stunk. And I asked Kenny, I said, how do you work in this? And he goes, it's to the point I don't even smell it anymore. Any of you think you could get that point with garbage trucks? I don't know. I don't think I could. But here's what happens with our sin. If we're not careful, we get so comfortable with our sin that we don't even realize the negative effects that it, have, that it has on us anymore. We don't understand how, how deep that we get into it. And to me, that's the beauty of the redemption of God, that, that Jesus comes in and he says, you don't even realize how bad off you are in this, but I'm here to save you. I'm here to save you. I'm here to give you freedom, to, to, to give you this forgiveness of your sins, to, to wipe the slate clean, to bring it back to zero. And you see, without Jesus, without Jesus, we're just sitting in the garbage of our own life. We're just sitting in our, in, in our own shortcomings, in our own struggles, in our own failures, and we get so comfortable in that that we think that there's nothing more or nothing better beyond that. But here's what the great news is, is beyond that, beyond the garbage of our life, through the redemption of Christ, we have this thing called grace. We have this thing called grace. Now, grace is one of those subjects like a lot of other things that I think within the churches of Christ that we've, we've struggled with, the idea of grace, this idea of, of, of freeness from God, uh, of not having to work or earn something, that this salvation is just, just free. But, but look at what he says. He says, in him, verse 7, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. So through the redemption, we have this free gift of grace. We have this forgiveness that comes from him. It's, it's getting what we need in a situation instead of what we deserve. Now, I wonder, think about this as an individual for a moment. What has your response to God's grace been? What is your response to God's grace been because he says that he has lavished us with this grace. It, 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 is, it is the most beautiful, the most, uh, some translations say in abundance, okay, that it just, it just keeps coming. I think of the idea, of course, 
I always think of this. I think of the idea of someone coming up and inviting you to a huge banquet. And you sit down at this guy's table and there's just this, this all everything you could imagine, food just lavished across the table in front of you. And he says, okay, enjoy. How many of you would enjoy? I think all of us would if we're just honest. How many of you would sit there and go, I'm not eating your food. How many of you would do that? I'm not eating your food. Would you do that sin? Definitely not. How many of us have been guilty of that with God though? God says, I have lavished you with my grace. I've given you everything that you need. I've blessed you with everything. And we sit here and go, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Are we guilty of that sometimes? How do you think God feels about that? How do you think God feels when our response to him, to our response to his grace is so limited? It's so just, okay, I'm going to do this because I have to do this. I'm not going to do this because I want to or desire to or have this great love for God. I'm going to do this because I have to. And if I have to, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to be happy about it. We can get that way sometimes. We can feel that God's grace is something that he owes us instead of something he just gives us. And and if we don't get it our way or the right way or the way we want it, we cross our arms and we're, we're here, but we're not happy about it. And I want you to look at what he says through here. He says that he has done this, verse 8, that he lavished this, all these things on us um, with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery according to his will, uh, to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to put in effect. That's not what I wanted. I want to back up. Where does it say it? I know it says it. Verse seven. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times reached their fullness to bring, there it is, to bring the unity to all things in heaven and on earth and under Christ in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in accordance to the conformity with his purpose and his will in order that we who would put our hope first in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. I knew I'd get there. I knew I read it. I knew it was there. All of this, all of this is about what? What is our response to the grace, to the redemption? It is praise. It is praise. It is looking at God and saying, you're the reason for this. You're the purpose for this. You've given me this, and I'm going to let everybody know how awesome and how wonderful and how great it truly is. I'm not going to be a stick in the mud about it. I'm not going to fuss about it. I'm not going to argue about it. I'm not going to grumble about things. I'm just going to let it all be about God. That is the response we should have to grace. 
Our response to grace should never be negative. It should, and like I said, grace is one of those things that we've been confused about at times. Something that's kind of hard to wrap our mind around. You know, things about God are difficult to wrap our mind around because we're never going to be able to understand God in his fullness because he is God. We're never going to understand grace in its fullness because it is completely of God. But when we receive it, when we live in it, our response is praise. Our response should be an uplifting response. Our response should be a positive response so that other people will want to receive it as well. If we have God's grace and we walk around and act like we're just punished for everything, are we ever going to bring people closer to God? No, they're not going to want any of that. They want to see what that life means, how it makes things better for you. That that is our selling point, God's grace and the praise that it invokes within us. Let's move on. Let's move on to the, the last idea here. There's some, once you kind of get into verse nine, he starts talking about some things that, that as you read the rest of the book of Ephesians, it makes sense, okay? And I encourage you to do that. We're not gonna get deep into it today, but verse nine, you know, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasures, which he purposed in Christ to put in effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. You know, there's a lot of, what is this mystery? What what is he making known and not made known? But this is what I get, and I, I want you to know about Jesus and in your relationship with him this morning, and that is he is in control. Jesus is in control. Do you ever have moments in your life where you feel completely disorganized, completely in disarray, like everything in your world is broken or turned upside down and you're not sure what is right and what is wrong and what is up and what is down. I think we all go through moments of our life like that, but, but in, our, in our unique relationship with Jesus, I think what we see is in that relationship we have hope or we have assurance that God is going to work out everything through Jesus to a, to a point where it is going to make sense. It is going to be beautiful. He's going to replace chaos with order. He's going to replace broken with, with pure and unique. He's going to replace incomplete with complete in our lives. Now, that may not always be. That may not always be the right here, the right now. It may be that we have to wait for, for eternity, for some of those things to be fulfilled. But I want you to know this morning that if you feel like everything in your life is out of control, understand that Christ has you in his hands. And the purpose of your relationship with him is to ultimately bring all that chaos to a place where you can find fulfillment, a place that you can find peace, a place that you can find comfort. It's only going to be, I believe, and I really do, it's only going to be to a certain level on this side of eternity. But on the other side, through that relationship, it is going to be so much more. And to me, that brings great hope. We see this morning, though, through this passage, that Jesus is in control, that through Jesus, he has offered us redemption and forgiveness, and we have been lavished 
with God's grace. And the whole point is what? To bring him glory and praise this morning. Let's go to God in prayer as we close together. God, I thank you for all that you give us and all that you do for us, God. I thank you for the love and the mercy that you, that you lavish upon us, the grace that comes from our relationship with you. We thank you for Jesus this morning. We thank you for the uniqueness of that relationship, the redemption that is found, the salvation that comes from him, God. We thank you for his willingness to bear the weight of the world's sins on his shoulders and hang on that cross and die for us. And God, I just pray that we never forget how awesome that that sacrifice is, how wonderful it was for each individual that he said, I love you enough to do this for you and help us live with a praiseworthy response every day. Let us live in your grace. Let us use it as motivation to love, to forgive, to encourage, to share our faith with others so that they can experience the same redemption through your son. God, forgive us. We're not perfect. We all struggle. We all have those things in our lives that no matter how hard we've tried to to give up and to get away from, we're still in the dumpster with. In those moments, God, let your strength empower us to just let go and to live for you. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community. Yeah.